0: when you're talking about you know your finances and investing over the long term you see the most growth at the very end when you're like getting older and that's why it's so important to be like getting into personal finance early on and investing your money early because just a 10-year delay can cut out like more than half of the total amount of interest yo
1: yo yo what is up guys and welcome
0: back to the team finance
1: podcast <laughs> let's go <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs>
0: Today we got a lot. We got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Um, The real reason we're actually making this episode is because I'm writing an essay in English and I want to be able to cite myself. I thought that'd be really funny if, if my my bibliography my work cited it's just like Team Finance Podcast. So, um, but it's but it's useful stuff that we're going to talk about. So this is kind of like the 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 real estate episode. Um, We're just gonna ramble for a little bit. Um, We'll start off with some some basic economics, then we'll move into renting versus buying, which is what I'm actually writing a whole research paper on. And then uh, we're going to talk about landlords, HOA, all that stuff. It'll be a fun episode, very valuable info for people who are going to, you know, have to purchase a home in the future. So um, I'm going to start it off with um, a little bit of an economics lesson that I think, I mean, it changed the way that I look at a lot of stuff. And um, there's some fallacies that that pop up every once in a while and now I can recognize them. So first, um, let's talk about two types of costs, okay? So okay. first we're going to talk about opportunity costs and this will come into play later on That's so I want to get these definitions out of the way. So for those who don't know, an opportunity cost is essentially the price you pay when you choose one um, option over another because you can like not pick the other option, you know? So right. let's say, um, I'll, I don't want to get into this too quick, but when you're renting versus buying, like when you're renting um, or when you're buying a house, like you lock up some of your money in a down payment and then you can't use that money to do other stuff such as like start a business, or like that. That's like the basic idea, um, but it can factor into a lot of um, smaller scale stuff to like say when you, um, when you're going to school, okay? When you're going to college, And let's say you spend another two years to get your, um, your master's in something. The cost of getting that master's is not only the price of your tuition and your room and board and all that stuff for that two years. Say that's like, I don't know, $40,000 a year or something. So it wouldn't be 80K. It'd be 80K plus two years worth of salary of whatever job you could get with like a bachelor's degree. So you have to add that on. Just thinking about all the decisions you make with this opportunity cost in mind can really like start to put things into perspective and it's a good way to like measure if something's actually worth it or not, if this is the right choice to make. And then the other definition we need to get out of the way is sunk costs and the sunk cost fallacy. So say, I don't know if you remember this, but maybe like a year ago or something, all of our friends, we all got um, season passes to the boardwalk, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. We all had them and I regretted it. I'm like, dude, why did we get these? Like, we know the boardwalk isn't that fun. We're not going to want to go again. But we bought them, so we should go. When we're hanging out, we should go to the boardwalk, right? Yeah. This is a prime example of the sunk cost fallacy. So a sunk cost is something that you spend and you cannot get back. You're not going to recoup it. So spending that $100 or whatever it was to get a boardwalk season pass, um, that is, you know, spending money. I'm not going to get that back. There's nothing I can do about it. But this is a sunk cost fallacy, okay? So because I paid that money, now I'm like, all right, I need to get my money's worth. So I need to go to the boardwalk, you know, X amount of times. But um, I don't actually want to go to the boardwalk. So that's where the opportunity cost, you know, comes into play. Like, what else could I be doing with that time? So it's like, I could be going and doing other things that I have more fun with, but I feel like I need to go to the boardwalk. And then I need to go spend more money on food there and all that kind of stuff. The sunk cost fallacy sucks. Even now that like I'm fully aware of it, I fall for it all the time. Just the other day, we were shopping, um, my sister and I. It was like Black Friday. We had to get clothes for like some Thanksgiving thing, and um, we went shopping for like two hours, and we kind of struck out. We didn't find anything that good. Like we need to get something because we spend so <laughs> much time here. That is the sunk cost fallacy. We felt obligated to spend money on something that we didn't really want because we were like there and had spent time. Another example. You know, let's say you go to a movie. Let's say, What's a movie that you went to that just wasn't really that good?
1: That just you wasn't really that good? Wasn't a, um, a home run. Oh, like uh,
0: Thor, Love and Thunder. Thor, Love and Thunder. All right. Why didn't you walk out of the theater? You're like, what why would I, I walk in? You paid for it. Exactly. But would you really want to spend that time watching Thor, Love and Thunder? Or would you want to go do something else that was fun with that hour of time? You know?
1: Oh, I see what you mean. yeah
0: yeah so that's that's another good example is the the bad movie one more okay this is like kind of like you know Sam going to a train mode i don't want to be a menace here but let's <laughs> say you're in a relationship all right you're not that mm-hmm. happy within this relationship oh, the thing no. is you've spent so much time building this up and you don't want to throw this all away again that's a sunk cost so mm-hmm. i'm not telling you guys all to break up but i mean you can't stop the a train um that's is what i'm saying okay so be aware of these sunk costs even like still to this day like i'm aware of it. i totally like do it it just makes me feel better um yeah the sunk cost fallacy it's dangerous so can you think of any other examples like i don't know
1: yeah 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 so i have this one right so this friday i went to the even to the westfield in san jose yeah it's like the the big mall um steven's creek is it westgate i thought it was westfield i don't even know it's what it's called in steven's creek like yeah. next to santana Rome and stuff but um i went there right and i was walking through all these stores looking at the this was on black friday so it was like slammed like yeah i only found a parking spot because i waited wait people still family. go to
0: black friday no, no no people still go to
1: malls okay well i went more to um well i already had a plan to like go over the hill on friday not yeah. really for black friday like reasons i just like wanted to not be here and so like i was already just kind of like over there and i was like okay so we're gonna go to the mall and we, we go into the mall and it's like so swarmed with like just people and these people are just like mindlessly buying stuff because it's cheaper it's like you know yeah. it's like they don't yeah. really exactly want it they buy it because it's cheaper and then the one thing that i saw that was like kind of interesting that i fell for was that i was at um i think it was uniqlo yeah it was uniqlo and there was a t-shirt I love right <laughs> <laughs> This stuff it's like it feels nice and it was like it was this t-shirt, right? And I was like, oh, I really like this t-shirt in this one color. But it was like, buy one, get one 30% off. I'm like, oh, well, mm-hmm. now I need to buy another t-shirt.
0: <laughs> yeah. But no, that's... then I got
1: a t-shirt and I'm never going to wear that t-shirt. that's think, no.
0: I think there's another like... name for that type of like sale, um, like buy one, get one free. psychology, like bit. No, I fall victim to that all the time too. I think I was I was down south. It was Rip Girl Outlet or something. Oh, and yeah. I... Got a pair of shorts because it was like, like you said, it was like buy one, get one like half off or something like that. I haven't worn the pair of shorts one time. It's sitting with a tag on and I can't like return it because, like, one, the outlets down south, two, I don't even think they do returns because it's an outlet. So that's something that's like, it helps to be abundantly aware of. Try to stop yourself. Whenever there's a buy one, get one half off and you really don't need the second one, just try not to get it because, you know, you could use that money for something else, put it towards something that you actually want. Um. So, yeah. Now that we've gotten those out of the way, I think we can move into renting <laughs> versus buying. So, Maceo, um, you know, what would what, what you say is the is the better choice between renting and buying? Try to, like, anything that I've said, just, like, clean it out of the way. Like,
1: originally, what would you have thought originally, is better? Uh, actually, I haven't really heard much from you. I think mean, maybe I'm not in your class. But, um, so I've kind of been on the renting side more. Mm-hmm. And, like, he- hear me out, okay? okay. So... I know that typically like everyone will tell you like oh go buy a house like settle down the asset but it's like also an asset that you're spending probably a large chunk of your income on every month and that also keeps you planted in one place. And it's like I feel like once I'm older out of school like I'm not going to want to stay planted in one town owning a home. I would like to be moving around with like you know, less like struggle. And then I guess you could always rent out the house that you own, but that's still like more work and you're still paying the mortgage on the house for, you know, probably 30 years. And okay, you see my point though, right? It's just, I a hundred percent agree with you. I a hundred percent agree with you, which is why
0: like I'm making the case that it, it, for of the vast majority of people, especially like young people straight out of college, I'm thinking between like 20 and 35, renting is like the far superior option when compared to buying. Um that's not to say there aren't cases where you shouldn't buy a, a home. Um certainly like there are different programs we can run the numbers based off of your current housing markets. But for us I want to talk about specifically California because that's what market we know best, you know, living here. Yeah. Definitely. And um for young people. So um when you get out of college, all right, you don't have a ton of money. Okay, you've limited yeah, yeah. amounts of money. Uh, but the thing is, your money is actually, it's worth a lot. Why? Because there's compound interest. The power of compound interest, any money that you invest early on, since it has more time to grow, the basic idea of compound interest, right? I'm going to explain this for people who don't know this either. Let's say you have like $5 or like, let's say the 10 bucks, okay? ten That $10 grows at a 10% um, growth rate, okay? So that's like exponential growth right there. So. Yeah. When you have that ten, you know your that turns that ten dollars turns into eleven dollars, and then that turns into like twelve dollars and ten cents the next year, and it keeps going up. And the amount that that grows by keeps getting bigger and bigger. And when you're talking about you know your finances and investing over the long term, you see the most growth at the very end when you're like getting older. And that's why you know starting early. That's why like it's so important to be like you know getting into personal finance early on and investing your money early because just a 10 year delay can cut out like more than half of the total amount of interest uh or the, the total amount of like interest that you'd make over the term t- term of your investment so that's one reason why you want to you know get your spending as low as possible when you're in your like 20s and stuff like that when you pay down payment on a house you're locking up like a hundred thousand dollars that is so much money that is extremely valuable to you at that time and then also I mean we see you know rent in a mortgage may be around the same price on paper right the amount that you're paying yeah. to the bank or the amount ima- the amount that you're renting so that's why that's why it gets a lot of people to think like oh when you're renting you're literally just paying, paying your landlord's mortgage that's not true though because there are a lot of other expenses that aren't your mortgage that are included in home ownership. So the first is closing closing costs. So when you buy a house, especially in California, you're paying like three to six percent of the home sale price on closing. costs. So let's say how much? What's like a home in California? Like a million dollars, eight hundred thousand yeah. is probably average, something like that. Yeah. So then you're paying like thirty to sixty thousand bucks just to close and sell this house. So then let's say you move within a little while because when you're young and in your 30s or something. Who knows if you're gonna be like stuck to one place? You're gonna have to pay that closing cost every single time. So it's like thirty to sixty thousand dollars every time you move. It's not a small amount of money, which is why you know it's best to like avoid that. Other costs that will come up: um, home insurance is a lot higher than renters insurance, and you don't even need renters insurance in a lot of cases because it's not covering the actual building, just covering your personal belongings inside the place or any accidental damage that you cause. Um, you have to pay for any maintenance. (laughs) Like that, you know, if a dishwasher breaks, you're paying for it now, not your landlord. Um, And then other stuff, um, HOA fees, which which we we can talk about that right now, actually. So HOA is the homeowners association. Not all neighborhoods have these. Um, I don't, I might have an. I'm not sure. I'd actually have to check. You do have an HOA, though, Maseo.
1: Oh, yes, we have an HOA. And it's just, so actually, when we first moved into our neighborhood, the HOA was or has been $150 a month, which is kind of outrageous. Like, that's kind of, that's always unheard of. And you would think that with $150 a month, our HOA would be doing like, you know, building something. a rocket
0: or something like in the street.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like like not just laundering money. But <laughs> um, it was like, so when we first moved in, we would have like a block party, like every, like probably almost every month towards the end of a the month, there'd be like a bouncy house, like a barbecue, and all be paid for by our HOA. Dang. Which like, That was cool. That like made up for the crazy amount of money that we were spending every month. But then, um, that stopped and then like COVID happened and then that's, that stopped more. And now they're just still charging the same price and we're just sitting on that money. Right. So every house and there's like 36 houses in our like neighborhood and like surrounding area that pay that's 36 houses paying $150 a month. And like, from like what the book shows like are like they have like over a million dollars or are like maybe even multi-million dollars just sitting there with absolutely nothing to do with yeah not what is what is that going to go towards and they try to make the claim that oh it's to fix the road in case of an earthquake we pay for the insurance for like the whole neighborhood there's we have insurance that covers <laughs> that so it's really just they're just holding the money for fun like i don't. I I don't like HOAs. That, that's my consensus.
0: Some HOAs are cool. the 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 purpose of HOAs is to like regulate neighborhoods, so no one builds a skyscraper. I mean, actually, no, that's not true. That's like zoning laws that do that. But other things, like people, people want to mod their house. You know, you might have to check in with the HOA just to keep the neighborhood looking nice. Thing is, they charge money. They can charge a lot of money. Sometimes they don't do stuff, and sometimes there's people in your neighborhood that run the HOA or something that can be super petty and piss you off. Oh, I was listening to a, a My First Million episode, and uh, I think Sean was talking about some HOA horror stories, and how he <laughs> wants an HOA court. There should be like a court for homeowners association. I agree. <laughs> you have a jury, and you come together because uh, people can get mad about stupid stuff. Like I think for Sean, it was he was working out in his front yard. Yeah playing music and working out in his front yard and then some neighbor like complained to the hoa and they told him he had to stop it's like what it's his front yard man <laughs> so stuff like that um you're gonna have to deal with as a homeowner and you're gonna have to pay that fee to the hoa it's not like crazy high but it adds up for sure especially if you're paying 150 dollars a month like museo i mean that's that's, that's yeah. a lot you know
1: i have two more things to add about my hoa so Go what you it. said about um the my first million what was which one who was it sam it was sean i think sean i think i think
0: sam sam rents sean bought a house and he regrets it like wholeheartedly
1: okay well so sean working out in his driveway so when i was younger right yeah like we there's a group like all there's like a big group of us that have all grown up here we're all within like probably two years of each other we've lived Mm -hmm. here for like six years now it's like i've kind of like been around them and like we you know six years ago we'd be playing outside you know every single day in the street playing like football you know Soccer, whatever you know, just yeah. playing games like Nerf gun fights, and those, those, those are so there fun. was this one family. There's this one family of like older people towards the end of our street, which really isn't where we ever played. And they complained that we were too loud, like multiple times. And our HOA sent out uh, like a letter to every house in our neighborhood, saying every that, house, every house, saying that the that kids can't play outside after nine thirty is what they suggested. They tried to put a curfew on our neighborhood.
0: <laughs> That's really it's, annoying.
1: It was just, really bad. It was really bad. And like, I, we were never even out past that time. Cause you know, we were like 10 years old, but that, that was another thing. about I don't like my, my neighborhood, neighborhood
0: is so. a lot of old people too. How, what what yeah. do you know? Do you know? Like you're, I feel like at least 70% of my neighborhood is like retired people. I feel like I, right, could no, I could be wrong. I could be making that up, that but compared to even like, um maybe not, not not 70 maybe it's like 50 or something but compared to um like other neighborhoods i feel like hilltop or something it'd be like you know 20 percent old people i don't know i could just be making that up probably yeah mine's probably like 30 percent. yeah uh, maybe
1: 40 I actually just kind of
0: in. so behind my house they just built like 12 new developments or 11 or something like that and i think the zillow listings actually wait are they on zillow yet um, at least we got like a flyer or something for um an open house, and it was thirty. I wait, I think it was four one point four nine five, so like one and a half million dollars. And I thought they were gonna be way cheaper than that. It's, it's kind of expensive because um it was. I I was looking at them. They didn't look huge. I think some of them might be duplexes at least that's what it looked like when i could like see the construction they put up a fence now which is hype because other (laughs) before there's a fence the construction workers were just like peering into my backyard and through like the glass windows on the back of our house it's kind of weird like oh it's so bad what happens if i want to like run around in my underwear and and there's just a (laughs) construction guy like looking at me so um now i'm just wondering like i'm about to have a ton of new neighbors i think it'd be really cool if you moved into my backyard so you think if i just
1: shut up well then like then i'd want that fence gone so i could see through your windows That's true nah you, yeah. I, i'm
0: on the front of the house you <laughs> oh what? never mind no. No, <laughs> I, I think we could by. we could cut a little hole in the fence and we could like you could make a romeo and juliet type thing oh we could, we like, could sneak through the like, fence between the two castles we could like it'd be, it'd be pretty epic um but yeah i wonder who's gonna move in all right come going back to um some final like sunk costs of buying i mean you're paying your property tax which is actually pretty low in california one thing, you know when people like say like houses in Texas are so much cheaper and you should like move to you know some place in the middle of nowhere? Thing is their their houses are cheaper, but the property tax is a lot higher. When we think about it, home price is not a sunk cost. When you're paying yeah. a mortgage or whatever, like that's going into home equity that you can sell later on. I, that's why I never understood the argument of people saying like California sucks because their houses are more expensive. It's like one. It's not a sunk cost. Like you're getting that money back. It's put into equity. And like the sunk cost of living in Texas are higher because their property tax is something like two percent. Um, when in California it's like zero point seven three. So that's where like a big part of the difference is made up.
1: I think it's where people go there for the income tax, right?
0: Yeah. They have super low. low. Is it none?
1: Is it none or super low?
0: I'm not sure. I know Washington has no state income tax, at least. I mean really? you still pay federal income tax, but yeah. Um, it's definitely lower same with Florida and stuff like that so yeah, yeah I mean if you want to that's true California does have a very high income tax but I mean you get to live in a nice place um,
1: overpopulated nice place. yeah
0: <laughs> so um, the opportunity costs we talked a little bit about this but when you you know put down a mortgage or, or when you paying a mortgage plus everything else like the cost of paying all everything for your owning your house is probably going to be higher with um when you're owning than renting like probably there are some cases where renting might be slightly more expensive but it's it's pretty rare um so with all those fees that are included like that is however much money a month that you could be investing into something else and then of course the huge down payment which doesn't always need to be huge but most of the time is going to be like a substantial amount of money so that could go into like anything it could go into starting a business professional development you know paying off high interest debt um that is gonna you know burden you so really before you run into this like you know run the numbers um to make sure it makes sense financially to buy a house but i want to talk more about the psychological stuff you actually like hit the nail on the head pretty good earlier when you were talking about this but it's the idea of when you're young do you want to have roots or do you want to have wings right when you're buying you're putting down your roots you're just like you know i stole this from ali Abdal. this is actually pretty good Um, you're putting on your roots, you're locking yourself up. Yeah. You're like settled down. Um, it can be good to join a community, but you cannot take off and just go somewhere else if an opportunity presents itself. So one, let's say there's a job offer in a different place. Um, if you don't have kids, if you're not totally settled in the community, you'll be able to want to go and take advantage of that because, you know, potential pay raise that is like, um, an opportunity cost, you know, of living there. You're not getting that, that pay jump. So, you know, that's one thing. The other thing is like, what if you just like find some place that you like more, you're going to feel like, oh, I got to stay here. This is where like the the sunk cost comes in. Like, oh, I've spent so much time, you know, spending time at this home, trying to join this community. Even though the other one might be better, you're going to feel obligated to stay here. And that's one thing that like, again, it's kind of a fallacy and being renting will just enable you to kind of jump from place to place more. And I think it's like good to be able to like, you know, experience a ton of different places to live before you find a place that you do want to buy a house because i mean you shouldn't rent forever like i mean you can you can rent forever it's not as bad like renting forever may seem ridiculous it's actually not um if you do it right but um for most people who aren't making like a gazillion dollars it does make sense to them to buy at some point um but just while you're young i don't know especially when you don't really have that money to put onto a down payment because like yeah you might have it like there are other stuff like you have to make sure that like your student loans are paid off and stuff like that. So, um yeah, that's my two cents. I think that you know most people who are young should should rent for a minute. Don't rush into buying a home unless you really know that you're gonna like stay there. um But now we'll we'll, we'll kind of move into talking about landlords and the idea of like owning multiple places and if it's ethical. So. So I'll let you start this one off.
1: Yeah, so, well, actually, I've had this conversation with a person at school before. They got, like, very heated about it. It it, started as, like, a a subtle conversation, and it got really heated. But, like, the the main point that I was pushing is that they're kind of providing, you know, like, a service to someone who doesn't want to or have the money to go out and buy, you know, a $2 million beachside home. They're allowing them to be there, you know, as long as they want to be for... Well, I don't know, probably a lot beachside home, but <laughs> it, it's my, my whole idea is that it's like, they're providing a service and it's not something that should be hated on. And I'm sure there's landlords out there that totally suck, but if you can't afford a house, I think you can't complain too much about like having to rent a house. Yeah. I think that,
0: um, some landlords can be assholes. That's totally a thing. Yeah. 100%. Um, and a lot of them can, like, raise rent. But, I mean, landlords, at the end of the day, they can only charge what the market will allow. Like, if they, I mean, they can charge, like, $5,000, but then, you know, you're renting, so you can pick up and move somewhere else where it's cheaper and, and someone who's charging less. Um, and if, if if renting becomes so absurdly expensive to the point where, like, buying a house makes more sense, you buy a house. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but there are solutions for people who are low-income There is, I think there's some developments. I I watched a video about some developments happening in, I think it was like either Vancouver or like Seattle or something like that. But they're building like fixed rent places for, you know, low income people, which is fantastic. It's a way to get people, you know, a jumpstart into having their own economic success. So those exist. But for people who aren't um, struggling like that, I mean, and are just like middle class, you have to like, you know, realize that that you can buy a house if if renting is is so horrendous and if you know you're (laughs) I don't want to sound like too much of an asshole right now but like if you're if you're getting to the point where you can't afford a house in a certain place then you know maybe you shouldn't be living there if it's that expensive or if you can't make enough money maybe you should you know learn an in-demand skill to make more money or something like that I don't know. I realize there are a ton of other external factors that can lead to that. That was totally like, you know, very generalized. But um, yeah, I don't know. We live in a in a in a game and you kind of have to play it. I feel like that's that's my take. I don't know. Was that a bad take or is that a fair no, no. take?
1: So that that's like what I was gonna get to. That was like my the next point I was gonna say was yeah. kind of like something like that is that like you shouldn't stay in an area that you can't afford unless you unless there's something really tying you there yeah but if you're just staying so you're close to like maybe you like taking care of family it makes sense to say that's, there. But if that's you're the just, reason why i'd have to say yeah yeah but if you're just if you're just there and like you have your brother that lives there <laughs> and like you're just kind of there or you're there without family at all
0: it's totally just, fine to move somewhere else
1: you can go somewhere else like experience yeah. something new and that's kind of like why renting so great is because you can just get up and leave you know whenever you want to
0: I think I think renting also um, opens up the possibility of like doing something really, really cool while you're young, like living in some cool way, like van life or going totally. to a different country, like doing the whole digital nomad thing we talked about. Um, I think like renting is enables that, like, let's say for a year, you just want to go travel the world, maybe find a remote job if you can. I know those are getting harder to come by now, but if you can do that, it's so much easier to like do that when you're renting. I mean, I guess if you own a home, you could like rent out your house for a year, but then you have to make it really clear to your tenant that, yeah, you only have this place for a year and then I want to move back into it, which opens a myriad of problems. But um, I think I think renting is just something that enables that. I think definitely when I'm in my twenties, I'll, I'll rent for a minute and then probably, I don't know, around 30, by the time I'm ready to have kids, that's the time when it's probably time to settle down i don't want to you know be that parent that makes my my kids move halfway through their school because i i know the benefits i mean i sure miss you know sue wait did you you've lived here your whole life right yeah yeah pretty much so the benefits of having like not having to move there are studies on this like it it totally um improves your childhood and outcomes so and i just having like someplace stable fantastic and i wouldn't want to be that parent that makes my kids move halfway through school so i think when you're ready to have kids then you can if you want to have kids then you can settle down but until then i mean enjoy being able to to move around but even when you because i mean it really is like when if you're gonna own a home for like a long time then it makes sense to buy in most cases but um not all and i think in california at least like the housing market right now is kind of uncertain. It's pretty high um, to buy if you want to buy a house, Maseo, Do you want to talk about that, or, or can, can we talk about that yet? About what happened to the the failed purchase?
1: Um, it's pretty. Yeah, funny. I mean, it's pretty yeah, fun. We we can. It's yeah. kind of hilarious the fact that it was your neighbor. <laughs> I mean,
0: I'll, I'll let you tell. I'll, I'll let you explain.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So basically, there's this house that was you know really not that far, even closer to the high school that I me and Sam go to. And it was like an absolute steal. It was, no, okay, I'm about to say this. It was an absolute ca- this, steal. It, it was a California, it was a, it's a it good, was a good deal, deal in California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was, it was 2 million for like 6,000 square feet, like five bedrooms, had a pool, it was on a hill, it was really pretty. And, you know, we were like seriously looking into it because that was the best deal that we've seen, you know, probably like three years. And we were like going to make an offer on it and all that stuff, and like right when they o- opened up bidding, someone bid like I think five hundred thousand over the asking, right? And <laughs> crazy, so, okay, so I haven't, I, I'm i not a hundred percent on this, but I I'm pretty confident it was like cash offer because they accepted. Really, quickly. who has
0: that much money in cash, bro? <laughs> who
1: exactly? I guess we well, have like
0: an investment maybe, portfolio. Just maybe, so maybe that's my what, neighbor. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, this has got to be a tech bro with a huge signing bonus or something like that. I don't know, just a ton of disposable income.
1: Yeah, but. so I haven't gotten hundred percent the yes from it, but like it's it's kind of obvious. Like they're being like weird when you are asking <laughs> they're about, being it. Weird about it, and like and uh, so he's like you know big Apple tech bro guy. I think he moved from over the hill to here. Like he he works remote at Apple. He's I think he's semi important. So he mm-hmm. has a lot of money. Maybe like sold off some stock. Um, I don't exactly know what he did, but it was just crazy that someone was able to go in five hundred thousand over asking and just take it and walk away.
0: So yeah, like Bay Area right now um it's pretty it's much the highest um like rent to home value um ratio like i think it's home values right now are like 60 times um annual rent or something like that i forgot what it was um, um oh
1: actually i actually have a I have a calculator up right now for bay area rent <laughs> so have you, have you bit, seen these before uh-huh you like the rent calcul like the the rent versus buy calculators try it let's try it for uh for the okay, bay here. area where do you want to get? so i haven't set the monterey right now but where do you want i can keep it there i can move it do like san jose or something i don't know okay but i um, want san jose okay here yeah
0: so yeah oh yeah home price is this uh, this article from from sf chronicle and i think sf gate did one on it too. but for san francisco the the price to rent ratio is it was 56.5 times annual rent to purchase a home which is like you know that's fifty-six years or something like like that's pretty much what it says. Of course, rents can rise over time, but it just goes to show that like, no, I mean, renting obviously can make a lot of sense if it costs that much to buy a home. Um, and I think the thing is, if you buy a home right now in California, there's a good chance that it would drop in value because of so- certain things. Like, um, did you hear about Senate Bill Number Nine, Maseo? No. What is that? You probably didn't. You just don't know what it's called. Maybe. You can. Did you hear about the thing where you can build um, four units on a oh, single family yeah, yeah, zone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't so, yeah. hear about that. Um, now, because single family zoning, for those who don't know, it, like sucks. It's really bad for like you know making affordable housing, and California kind of has a problem with that. Um, single family zoning is also bad for like urban planning and like you know public transportation and stuff like that. Newsom signed a law. I think it was written by Atkins, but Newsom signed it. Um, basically, saying that you can build up to two units on a lot, and you can divide any existing like single family lots into two, so that essentially makes it so you can build four. So I could go build like three places in my backyard if I wanted to. And I think people should take advantage of this. All the all the the nimbys probably just have to like take a dose of copium or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> deal with it. But it'll 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 definitely like slightly hurt housing prices probably, I'm guessing, because just like basic supply and demand. If there's more of a supply, it'll um, start to mitigate that huge demand that's propping up home prices so much. So be careful. I mean, I don't know. Is there going to be a massive real estate crash? Maybe, maybe not. This is not financial advice. Don't take a word on it. But um, it's in a shaky spot right now. It might just be better to rent for the time being. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you're gonna miss out on a lot by waiting. I don't think home values are gonna like you know skyrocket another, however much I don't know. Maybe they will, but maybe they probably won't.
1: Yeah, I was like the interest rate right now is crazy. Six six percent, right? Is that yeah, it, that's like
0: it was. The thing is like so a lot of these homes were bought during COVID when interest rates were like one two percent and you could get suffered is really low. But I mean interest rates are rising again, so um, you know it costs more to borrow money paying more to to borrow so i don't know if you i i feel like we should have refinanced during covid is that a good idea i mean if interest rates are lower like i I don't know why we didn't do that it's probably like i I think people did it i think it was it was definitely a thing right no it totally was a thing but there's probably like something actually i don't know maybe maybe it was just like a good thing that we missed out on i know my family didn't do it for our house yeah i don't know should have snagged that two percent interest rate man (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah that's the, the renting versus buying. Tread lightly. Um, I think... So did you have anything else you want to say on that?
1: Um, for renting versus buying? Oh, okay. This is it's kind of going back in time here. But um, for renting versus buying, I have a little argument for buying. So you were saying like when you had a family, you were ready to like settle down and get a home. Yeah. And it's kind of like owning a home allows you to be like a little more... I guess like adventurous with what you do, because mm-hmm. a big like yeah, driving can... factor for my family getting a house was that my dad was starting a company. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to kind of make sure we had like if everything went wrong, we would still have somewhere to be. Yeah, and it's like you, just getting that kind of security for a family is definitely a good thing.
0: It totally is, and like you, you're not you know at the will of your landlord when it comes to like you know raising things. If you have yeah, a fixed totally. rate um, mortgage payment, then you're like chilling. So I think the other thing that's good about buying which I think is actually kind of underrated is it's a forced saving mechanism. So, you know, when, we, when we talk about this, you know, opportunity cost of what else you could do, like how you could invest that $100,000. You have to be like, am I really going to invest that $100,000? Am I going to go buy Taylor Swift concert tickets with it? You know? So you have yeah. to realize what kind of spender you are. Um, Hopefully after listening to this podcast for 20 episodes, you're like pretty good with, with spending and you're pretty aware of what you're doing, but if you're if you know you're you're really just bad maybe buying a house is right for you because if you don't make those mortgage payments like you know your your bank might go try to like you know take your house so um when whereas like if that extra money that you're saving um from renting like might just go into other things that you don't really need to spend money on so it is it is a good force saving technique um if you if you meet all your payments which you're kind of forced to do you'll end up with the value of your home in net worth at least. So, yeah. All yeah. Right. Um, right. We've talked a little bit about real estate. I want to end it off. Let's, let's say, oh, let's come up with some theoretical investment portfolios, what you think the best holdings are. So I'll, I'll let you start, actually. What, what, what do you think? Well, let's say you, you have a million dollars. Actually, no, let's just go on percentage. Let's just go, let's do percents. How yeah. would you break it up?
1: I have a million dollars. Sure. Um so I think I go three hundred thousand into little like little S P just like index funds, right? There I try to lock that up. I go maybe I you know I would I know savings are a terrible mm-hmm. idea, but I think I would do like a ten percent saving on it just to have like the, the cash for you know whenever i need it i guess yeah. so that's 40% tied up there i would put so i guess i have i have money right so i would probably put so i'm at 40% right now i would put another 20% into like a business venture
0: okay that's fair i like that that's cuz i don't
1: want to i don't want lock up all my money but that you don't be, wanna be like to you don't like... want
0: to be like a lame person
1: no i don't want to be lame no, i don't want to <laughs> Yeah, so that, that's 20% into a business venture. That's 60%, right? Oh I'll mess 40% left. Shoot. Okay, you know what? We've been talking about this. I think I would go the final 40% into a large apartment duplex or like complex, which okay. I would rent out and hopefully be able to pay a large amount, like a large down payment with that 400000 and then allow the mortgage to be really small. And rent out all these subunits yeah to like bring in more profit just from that money and then hopefully my two hundred thousand dollar business venture works out
0: i think that's you know what his place up. could be worth so much for renting here's nate's at ucsc bro
1: oh i know if he just like built Dude, all those for like, he...
0: i think his parents plan on moving out of it once he graduates and i'm like you should keep it because you could rent that out to like some ucsc students for a lot i'm guessing oh yeah Um, they like built the rooms just like separate from each other or something i don't know you could rent it room by room and you could probably make a lot um all right did did you finish i'm sorry yeah yeah that was that was
1: 100 there so what's your little split i have to think
0: like i don't want to be lame because like realistically it would be like 60 percent like s&p etfs or something like that yeah um no i think i'd do maybe let's say 50 and 40 40 50 s&p 500 etfs just broad market index funds and etfs i think i would do five percent crypto to have some excitement in my life and just as a hedge in case that stuff like in case like the metaverse actually comes true case it like, blows up like i mean this is my philosophy all right same thing like let's say I'm, like i'm betting there's like the world series coming up right and it's like um giants versus astros or something like that like i hate the astros i really like the giants but if the astros win would I be a little bit happier if i bet some money on them winning? <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if this is completely flawed logic. It like probably is. I don't know. Cause then, but then you can just like mitigate your emotions completely because if your team wins, then oh, your team won, but you also like lost some money. But then if the opposite team wins, then then your team lost, but you won some money. It's a hedger. Okay. <laughs> I I don't even you that's probably
1: like the dumbest thing I've ever said. Oh, you, but, you just bet for both sides, right? You can't lose. Uh, yeah.
0: Pretty, pretty much um so i don't know that's why i would buy some crypto it's kind of same idea um so yeah let's say five percent crypto five to ten percent crypto um where am i at i'm around like 60 or something like that just below um i think i would get some i'd probably have some sort of real estate holdings but i don't think it'd be too huge i think um especially renting um like a lot of times it's just like gives you more freedom i'd probably buy a house at some point So we'll say like 20% would probably, maybe it might end up being more than that, like maybe like 30% real estate. And definitely the rest would, I mean, like would probably be in some sort of like, you know, equity in a business, like in a a business that I'm actually involved in. Hopefully like that's what ends up happening. Cause I feel like that's exciting, you know, having a large amount of your net worth, just be like, you run it. Cause then you, I mean, I don't know. It's like kind of stressful, but it's kind of like a good way, a good a good bit of stress what is it called like you stress or something i don't, uh, know. I don't know something <laughs> like that we <laughs> um yeah what am i missing like no no bonds that's that's old person stuff yeah um that's no maybe like i don't know i guess etfs would go under the real estate category i mean not etfs reits real estate investment trusts um oh cash i would say i would keep minimal in cash because an s&p 500 etf is essentially cash you know that's true you can just liquidate it at any point so i don't know maybe keep ten thousand dollars in actual cash or something like that you know i feel like you don't need that much um actually you know i'm actually gonna change my answer i think i do a hundred percent of my net worth in in bugattis and, and cars i just pull a Tate yeah yeah like a, i know that guy is like like worth a lot but he has so many cars i feel like that's like a solid portion of his net worth is just like depreciating assets but
1: i don't know how that even works how does he like how do you afford them in the first like, he was a kickboxer kickbox just don't make that much money i don't i don't i i don't even know i think he supposedly days.
0: he had like some some um he had a webcam company like with like really girls and stuff like some, oh yeah like yeah bad, I think that's like how, how bad supposedly he made money
1: I thought you meant like a drop shipping. Though. No. Okay. No. Like, uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, you um, I, don't, I don't struggle to believe that.
0: Yeah. So I, I think I'd get a cool car. I think old cars though, as appreciating assets is a fun way to like justify um, a purchase of like a 911 G series or something like it's going to go up in value. So I yeah. don't know. I, I, I wouldn't mind collecting a, a few old cars. It's definitely a fun hobby. Um, yeah, totally. One thing I want to talk about just to tap this episode, I think we'd be super sick um what if the place that we buy like i I think did i tell you about this like what if just like build like a compound with all the compound yeah yeah yeah. is that not the most like fun thing ever it doesn't need to be like the main residence but if we just bought some like land on a pond or something in like the middle of nowhere or at least like close enough to like an airport or maybe we just like buy a helicopter or maybe like a like a flying car
1: a little pj
0: like a teleportation device? Oh yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it'd be sick if we build a compound. I feel like we should actually do that. That'd be dope. That'd be sweet. Bro, land is not that expensive if you buy it in the middle of nowhere. we just build like a little like shack. It'll we'll be like Thoreau. We'll like buy like Walden, Walden Pond. We'll just like philosophize <laughs> out there and like write poems and stuff. <laughs> write poems and be angry at the world. Yeah. I this is I'm going to disobey. Yeah, no, I think it'd be dope. No
1: taxes. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see Andrew Tate just admitted to tax evasion? <laughs> I think every rich person does.
0: Nah, but he like straight up, he's okay. He's on like an Instagram <laughs> live where it's like, a, I, I forgot where I saw this. Bro goes, So the British government, when I lived in Britain for a while, they, they want me to pay their tax, but it's like 40%, okay? So they they come and, and they send me papers and I just don't fill it out because cause I'm not like that. I don't do that. And then he's like yelling, calling people who like fill out taxes like, the P word and stuff is, is uh, and he's like, it's I don't pay funny. that. What are they going to do? He's like, Come get my money. And like, supposedly they went to his house. And it's like, like, he's told people to say say, like, Andrew Tate's not here. <laughs> it's like, bro. we're <laughs> just like casually did it to tax admitted evasion. to tax evasion. That's kind of so like, like, I just don't pay it. What are they going to do about it? Come take my money. It's like, all right, all right, all right, bro. That's just <laughs> chill. I don't know. Tax evasion is kind of based. Wait, what? Okay. That's going to wrap up this episode. <laughs> Um, we'll see you next Tuesday. That was fun. Mark your calendars, yep. so that was that was that was vibes. Those vibes. I want to go rent a house now.
1: <laughs> I know. I'm gonna go rent a big house.
0: We should do that for like a for like a month. Yeah, find like, like a Airbnb forty thousand dollar place a month or something like that. That'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be dope. Maybe we can just put on the teen finance credit card. I was gonna say
1: just book on the teen finance. Uh, yeah, Black, I mean we make Black so comics. much money. Like yeah. it's like
0: it's like no big deal. All right, it's not even funny. Later. Later. Later.